Welcome to the King of Glory Lutheran Church Education Podcast. We are a Christian community of faith located in Williamsburg, Virginia. For more information, please visit us on the web at kogva.org. I'm Pastor Les Stano, um, one of the, what, the eight of us? Yeah. Eight of the retired guys around this place, and honored to serve with you. And um, when Bill gave me the, when we talked about doing the Lord's Prayer for these three weeks, um, I'd forgotten Bill was preaching on the Lord's Prayer for these three weeks, so there's no more classes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I'm going to kind of fill you in with everything else on the Lord's Prayer. Um, it's... Can we start with the prayer, please? Gracious Heavenly Fathers, we gather today, we give you thanks for all the gifts you bestow upon us, and this opportunity again to study your word and to study our prayer life. We give you thanks for the gifts of those who continue to teach us and those who are with us. But most importantly, as your spirit dwells within us, that this prayer becomes a part of our lives each day. This day also, again, we pause for all those who are suffering tragedies in this country. In two mass shootings, we ask that your comfort and peace would be with them and each of us in our lives. For we place ourselves into your hands for the sake of your Son, Jesus the Christ. And all God's people say, Amen. I'm going to, if I do this right, this way. Come on. Let me try this again. I'm going to try it once more. says, the Lord's Prayer may be committed to memory quickly, but is slowly learned by the heart. Mm-hmm. What did he mean? Oh, by the way, that's a question for you, not for me to answer. <laughs> what, what, you know, a Bill talk, Pastor Bill talked about that this morning. We know the prayer very well. Mm-hmm. Okay. But we learned it. Mm-hmm. One thing to say the words and another thing to really mean it and feel it. Okay. Okay. I think that Pastor's talk this morning helped me have a much better understanding of that particular phrase about thy kingdom come. I was thinking about end days and some kind of celebration or whatever, you know. So the sense of the Holy Spirit coming into each one of us and other people that he emphasized in his talk today really helped me out. Good. And the other thing was, it seemed to me... You're going to try again? Okay, go ahead and try it. Let's see if we can get it. Yes, sir. It seemed to me totally sensible, the order in which the prayer progresses. What do you mean? Why don't you just go to YouTube? Oh, you don't know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. Wait a minute, this may yet happen. Sorry about all this. When you're when you're new at learning all this stuff and trying something different. That's okay, we're learning along with you. <laughs> okay. Uh, you know what you want to do? 
What's your uh, website? Oh, there it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Right here. No, that's not her. That's not her. Oh, that's not her. No, that's not her. Oh. We have to put the large prayer. We put it up here. There's there. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate it. Hi. Thank you. <laughs> I finally yeah. hit rock. Now, what happened? We're not hearing anything. That's the problem. We can't hear. Can you mouth words? <laughs> you could be playing it on your Yeah. Yes, this is an idea whose time has not come.
waiting for? Yes. Like I said, most of you are used to hearing that sung with the word debt and debtor, mm -hmm. and to hear it with trespasses. It took me a little while for you two, but I just went through a lot of them. Just click on the red X in the top right corner, I think. You're about to close two tabs. interesting 
to pull this out. Harry Huxabod, in his great book on Greek prayers, talks about the Lord's Prayer. He says, the first three petitions center the person of God. The fourth petition covers all that we need for our earthly existence. I learned to spell. And the last three cover all our spiritual needs for past, present, and future. Okay. I want to share something with you which didn't end up on this slide. Ignore this for a minute. Luther and prayer. It's very important for us to understand where Luther was coming from with prayer. Luther's whole concept of praying was based upon the second commandment. Anybody remember the second commandment? Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. What Luther looked at in terms of that was that we are to call upon God in every circumstance. We are supposed to call upon God in every circumstance. That we need to call upon God in every circumstance. So Luther's concept of praying for all of us is we need to pray. We need to call upon God. And that's where he then focuses them on the Lord's Prayer, because he calls it the most perfect prayer. And um, let me find one other thing in here. I said to you, all this was on a slide that didn't show up on you. This is my first PowerPoint. <coughs> I will learn better by next week. I want to read you a quote from Luther. He said... Prayer is precious, holy, and pleasing to God. Every prayer is pleasing, holy, and precious to God, as that of St. Paul are his most holy saints. This is the reason, for I will gladly grant that he is holier in his person, but not on account of the commandment, since God does not regard prayer on account of the person, but on account of his word and obedience. Do you hear what he said? It doesn't depend on the person. It's because of God's love, grace, however you want to hear that. So he would say, most important, all our prayers must be based upon obedience to God, irrespective of the person, whether we are sinners, saints, worthy or unworthy. Secondly, we should be more urged to incite prayer because God has added a promise to prayer. Two spots where God added the promise to prayer that Luther quotes. Let's see if anybody knows where these, anybody can find these two. Somebody look up Psalm 50, 15. Psalm 50, 15. Somebody want to read it? Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you. Okay. And you will honor me. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will think about delivering you. <laughs> no, there's a promise. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you. That was one of the one of the most important things Luther got onto. And the other one, which should be very fat familiar to all of us, is in Matthew, chapter seven, verse seven. <coughs> Ask and it will be given to you. 
Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. Okay. A promise. Ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Those two promises of God answering prayer were Luther's important focus for us to understand how important prayer is in our lives. How important prayer is in our lives. And then the third one, which is one Pastor Bill kind of talked about this morning in Thy Kingdom Come, and you all kind of love the way when congregations kind of respond when we really do believe in the Holy Spirit. Okay? We really do believe in the Holy Spirit. What Luther would remind us of is that all our prayers are imperfect prayers, but because of God's gift and grace in the Holy Spirit, they are made perfect before the throne of God. They are made perfect before the throne of God. So, you know, I always, uh, one of the things I know, Pat Warren, if you had this issue, but most of you don't like to pray aloud. <laughs> because you're afraid you're going to embarrass yourself, make a mistake. Sometimes we don't know what to pray for. We're not sure how to pray. It's okay. Because whatever we say, when it gets the spirit that dwells within us, makes the prayer perfect. I used to, when I taught confirmation class, I used to say to the kids, one of the things you just need to do to learn to pray is pick up the phone and talk. Mm -hmm. Okay. I guess I'd have to change that today and say, take, pick up your phone and text. I'm not sure, you know. Uh, but it is. It is to understand that that is our communication because of God's grace and love for us. Because of His grace and love for us. Which then gets us to the beginning of the command, to the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven. From the uh, small catechism, what does this mean? With these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that He is our true Father and that we are His true children, so that with all boldness and confidence we may ask Him as dear children, ask their dear Father. Martin, in his devotional writing of the Lord's Prayer, wrote, The best way to begin or introduce the prayer is to know how to address, honor, and treat the person, how to conduct ourselves in His presence, so that he will be gracious toward us and willing to listen to us. Now, of all the names, there is none that gains more favor with God than Father. Than Father. Our Father. Okay, what images come to mind when you call God the Father? Look up the parable. This is one you all know. Very familiar parable. Luke 15, 11 to 32. Let's look at it. If you can find it. What is this parable? A prodigal son. The forgiving father. Or the forgiving father. Are the loving father, are the caring father, are the grateful 
Okay? What does this parable teach us about the image of the Father? Love the Son. How? That he is loving and forgiving. Okay. That he's loving and forgiving, but what else? He wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to have a relationship with him? What else? He's patient. <coughs> patient? Waiting for, you know, every day, waiting for his son to come back. He kept looking for him, didn't he? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He kept looking for him. He went out of his way. And then when the son was off in the distance, what did he do? He ran. just stood there and waited for him. And well, here he comes. He <laughs> See, I think a lot of times with the parable, we, we miss some of the little idiosyncrasies in the parable. We also miss the kind of uh, little thing that in that time and in that history, fathers did not run after their sons. <coughs> Especially if you had one of those robes on. <coughs> okay? But you see, there's a whole, there's something that changes here to help us to understand about God. He's not just it's not just a picture about a father who cares for his son, but it's a picture for a father who loves his son so much that he's willing to do literally almost anything for the son. It's a whole different picture than we're used to. Now, I know in today's world, there are some people who have great difficulty with portion of the prayer. Because of the world we live in. Sin has broken into this world and family relationships are not always what they should be. There's abuse. There's all kinds of things in today's world. And it's unfortunate that that has affected sometimes how some people have a hard time with this prayer starting it. Our fathers. Because they haven't had good fathers. Okay. Are no father at all. And so this picture gets disrupted. This picture gets disrupted for us about what a father is about in today's world. So we have to help bring that picture back. We have to struggle with that picture. And sometimes it's important for us to use stories like this, like the prodigal uh, the loving father. Yeah, I have never liked the title of the prodigal son. I always liked it, the loving father. Because it's more a story about the father than it is really about the son. And it really gives us a picture about God. But it is difficult. I want to say to you, and I've run into this problem. We had some families in our congregation. This was a hard, hard spot to get over. Carolyn? I was thinking in relationship to Pastor's sermon this morning. If the second part, if we are to be the kingdom come and the Holy Spirit is in within us, the men in this room and the men in our church and men around can be a an example of a loving father. You may play a role, and it doesn't have to be a father role, but a role of a loving man to a person a young person or an older person who's had a very negative experience. You could have, that could turn it all around and make it you become the loving 
man or the loving woman or whatever, whether it's a mother or a father. But um, I think that role could change. It could. And again, what Luther says here, the best way to begin to introduce is to know how to address, honor, and treat the person. Okay. So you're right. In our own lives, if there isn't just the father image our real father, we have to sometimes take on those roles. Okay? Who art in heaven? The phrase reminds us that God is Lord of all. God's power is not restricted to heaven on earth. Three passages. Let's look them up. Acts 17, 24 to 29. Let's get that one first. Somebody have it read for it? The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God in the hope that they might find, that they might feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, even as he, even some of your own poets have said, for we are indeed his offspring. Okay. Get the picture. Mm-hmm. Okay. Not just the God of mm-hmm. heaven or earth, but the God of heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, this passage came to mind, and this thought came to mind. I don't know how many of you saw the uh, the news report the other day about the planet that they found 31 light years away. I can't imagine 31 light years away anyway. But the planet that they found 31 light years away that seems to have the possibility of well, not, they didn't say life yet, but all the all that's needed for life to exist, it has all the possibilities of all the things that Earth has in terms of possibly water. Just, and like I said, it's 31 light years away. And anybody knows what a light year is? It will take you at least 31 years to get there if you can travel at the speed of light. <laughs> so is he... His power is not restricted just to heaven or earth, but to the whole universe. To the whole universe. And we keep finding the universe, you know, when, 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 <laughs> you know, when we all read the biblical text that God created the heavens and the earth, I don't think we had any concept of what heavens means. What heavens mean. How about the Romans 8.15 passage? For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Okay. 
the whole concept. We're not, we're not, <coughs> we are children of God, adoption of God, okay? And then the, the next one, Romans 8, 26 likewise, to 34. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. God, good for, his, for those who are called according to his purpose. No, I'm sorry. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And for those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he also not be with him, graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. God's presence heaven see there's more to as you learned this morning with thy kingdom come when you say the word our father we're talking about a very special relationship when you say who art in heaven what are we acknowledging I'm sorry. Our home. Our home? But we are. The sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God. Okay. The sovereignty of God who art in heaven. It's an acknowledgement as to his presence and what he means for us. Okay, now we get into the petitions. That was the introduction. I have to say, uh, Abba, I've learned as a, a word of intimacy, like sitting on his knee and asking Daddy for something. That's right. Abba was sometimes. Now, worth the translation, sometimes some people use the word Abba and they use the word Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy, that, that's a special relationship, isn't it? Yes, John. The English language use of by and be is misunderstood today to be some kind of formality. If you had addressed James I as thy or thee, you would have been thrown out like by a bouncer. Maybe some of the people have come outside and, and kicked you a few times because it would be overly familiar. You would never call uh, somebody who was a king thou or thee. That was the same as the Abba. It's actually what it means in English, and we've lost that because we hear it in the Lord's Prayer in the King James Version, and we're missing the translation. They put it that way because 
it is that intimacy, and, uh, just like Abba. Every time it's thy or thee, it's me, your life, my dad, because you're using that word. Now I want to get. I'm gonna. I'll bring that in a little bit next week when we get to the translations. And we need to get into that a little bit because where does the, when we get to the one section which I talked about today between deaths and trespasses and where we find that in the historical process of translations <coughs> makes a big difference as to understanding where we're going. So you're right on that. We, 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 somehow, when everything moved to the King James, there was, some, there was a lot lost. <coughs> Even though we all know it as the King James, and all, although we have memorized it in King James, there, there are little idiosyncrasies in the translation that we need to have for ourselves. And I do want to get into that a little more next week when we look at some of the translations for that. Thank you for bringing that out, okay? Yeah, that's all I had. And Abba Father, thank you. That's yeah, the other thought I had was not... Sometimes we don't know how to pray. Pastor talked on that this morning when he said, if he's counseling and things aren't going right, he uses this the Lord's Prayer. And Tony Evans, Dr. Tony Evans, he used to say about that passion, when we don't know what to pray, all we can say is, hmm, hmm, hmm. Then, then the Holy Spirit interprets our needs. That's why Luther would have said, that's why Luther for the Lord's Prayer was so important. If you can't think of anything else to say, if you can't think of how you want to say or say anything at that point, other than we've lost some of the concept of use of the Lord's Prayer, pray the Lord's Prayer. Mm -hmm. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Because it gives us everything that we need. It says everything we need to say. Our Father, Daddy. Mm -hmm. Who art in heaven? Who also is with me? Daddy, you're here. And that's where you are. And you're all powerful. Our Father, who art in heaven, the introduction to that prayer sets a. What's the word I'm looking for? I just lost the word sets before us a relationship that is very important for us. Mm -hmm. Right up front. Right up front. Mm -hmm. Right up front. I think it's interesting in this um, section that Carol read that um, the Spirit, it, we're talking about prayer, um, to the Father, the Spirit is invoked because He helps us in our weakness and prays for us. And then later on, it says, um, Christ Jesus is the one who died, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. So we have the Holy Spirit and the Son intercede, you know, praying, uh, bringing our prayers to the Father. Yeah. All, all parts the of the Spirit Trinity. Makes them, the Spirit makes them perfect, and the Son's sitting up there saying, Listen. <coughs> This is the person I died for. Listen to the person. Hear what is being said. Wow. That really has, should say something to us. That should really say something to us about the grace and love of God. 
Because we have to understand for ourselves in this prayer, in what you just read to me and what we talked about, is this whole process of prayer is God's grace to us. And not only is it God's grace to us, but he helps us accomplish it. He helps us accomplish it. Okay? This is where this prayer becomes so important. This is why I said in the life of Luther, if he said, incite people to pray, why we ought to pray, and then he said, the most important prayer for us all to know is this prayer, because in summation, as you said before, in summation it says everything we need to say. Our Father, who art in heaven. Daddy. You who hold all things in your hands. I'm coming to you. It's almost... It's almost it's like saying King Dad. King Dad. <laughs> well, it's acknowledging who he is. Yeah. It's acknowledging where he is, who he is. And I want you to think about this for a second because sometimes I don't think we think that way and I don't want it to be a negative for us, but I want you to think about who are you talking with? Whom do you have the privilege of saying daddy to? Hmm. Not just anybody. To be able to say, I have to always go back to that because I always forget about uh, how important that is for the Abba Father. To understand that relationship that with the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one who with one word created everything that exists, you can go up to him and you can talk to him and you can call him Dad. Go ahead, Warren. Yeah, I don't know if I should say this or not. Um, I'll go ahead. Well, probably not. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if you were in, if you worshipped this morning, where was the Lord's Prayer in the liturgy? After the, like in the sacrament part? Right. In worship, everybody was invited to the first part of the worship service. When it came time then for Holy Communion, the seekers or non-believers were excused. And Holy Communion was just for believers. And really, only a believer can pray the Lord's Prayer. Yeah. And the Lord's Prayer was, in, was not prayed in the early part of the service, but in, it's where, where just the believers were gathered for the, for the sacrament. And that's where um, that's where the Lord's Prayer was prayed in in the in the, in the office of the sacrament. Yeah, and, and in some traditions, it, it's kind of even moved a little farther. Yeah. Because in some of our traditions, and some of you may have experienced this in life, not only does it come after the prayer, but it actually comes after the words of institution. That's right. After the words of institution, before the distribution. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah. So, but really, so really, only a believer can pray this prayer. Adoption is sons. Yeah. 
it's not it's not a prayer it's for there. an unbeliever. So it, you know it's part of the it's it's when the unbelievers were excused from worship, then the Lord's prayer was prayed in the sac in the office of the sacrament. Okay. First petition: Hallowed be Thy name. God's name is certainly holy in itself, but we pray in the petition of it be holy among us. How is God's name kept holy? God's name is kept holy when the word of God is taught in truth and purity, and we, as the children of God, also lead holy lives according to it. Help us to do this, dear Father in heaven. And I think for us, the little catch is that we live it. <coughs> okay? We can always get hung up on what is, I always say, we always get hung up on what is truth and purity. Okay. But that we also lead holy lives according. Thy kingdom come. And you, you I'm not, we're not going to go through all these, but you can look at all these Genesis passages, etc., which talk about God's holy name. Okay, and his, his name is Yahweh, the Holy One, etc., etc. What does this mean? The kingdom of God comes at the. Wait a minute. Did I go the right way? Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm never quite sure which way I'm flipping this. <laughs> The kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer. We pray the petition may come to us also. While does the kingdom come? God's kingdom comes on our Heavenly Father. Oh, you should all remember that from this morning. <coughs> Gives us His Holy Spirit so that by His grace we believe His Holy Word and lead, lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. Thy kingdom come. And I like what Pastor Bill said. Yeah, there's the Holy Spirit. We don't talk about that third person of the Trinity very often. We're good. We're, we're well versed on the second person of the Trinity. But the third person of the Trinity is so important. And for Luther... And I've said this probably a hundred million times and you're all going to hear it from me over and over again because it, it was just such a moment in my life when I realized what Luther, his explanation to the third article of the creed. Not this part, but the third article of the creed. When he said, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord and I come to him, but... The Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the one true faith. Wow. There is God's grace. And when we pray, thy kingdom come, we're not only talking about his kingdom coming in terms of kingdom, but we're talking about living in our lives. Which always comes to another question I would ask. When is the kingdom of God? Whenever you accept Jesus, you're in the kingdom of God. This is the kingdom of God. 
Now, see, sometimes I think we think the kingdom of God is something yet to be. The kingdom of God is now. It's not a future experience. It's a present experience. Because the kingdom of God is us. The spirit living through us. How we live as God's people. This is where the catechism has God's kingdom has come, comes, and will come. has come. It's a kingdom of power. God rules over the whole universe through his nature and his chosen representative. God's, kingdom's com- God's kingdom comes. It is a kingdom of grace. God rules over his church <coughs> through the redemptive work of Christ. God's kingdom will come. It's a kingdom of glory where God rules over his church in heaven and where the saints in the... It's past, present, and future now. Yes, John. I guess I'm called the heresy. There was a belief, I guess it was right started about maybe 1900 or 20 years before after where a lot of churches got derailed in thinking the kingdom was going to come through our own efforts and what was going to be was worldly self-improvement and there was no um, resurrection or that there was going to be a new heaven and earth. It's just you got to fix this place. Using Christianity, they kind of derailed it to a social movement. So... It is now, but we understand it's with us, and we're kind of embedded in a foreign country. It isn't that we're going to change it. At some point, it's going to have to step in. And, and the change yeah. isn't going to come like sometimes we... The change comes how we live. The change comes by not how we live, not by how we change things. We change things by how we live. And that's important. You know, uh, as Pastor Bill was saying this morning, you know, it's not how we live just here. It's how what we live here affects all that's around us. Okay? That's hard. That's tough. To realize we're given that responsibility, but to realize that's the grace of God. That is part of our lives today and will always be a part of our life today. But thy kingdom come. We're not just asking, we're not just asking, in one sense, we're not just asking for God to come in and straighten everything out. <coughs> Actually, he's been here to straighten things out. He, we're asking him to come into our lives, be that Holy Spirit in our lives, and help us to live that in today's world. And yet there is a kingdom to come. We, we believe that. God's kingdom will come. God will rule over this, have, this earth, okay? But it's, it's all three. It's not... We, we, we like to choose and pick, okay? But when we pray, thy kingdom come, God's will will come, has come, will is here, and will come. Okay? Where am I? Ten minutes. 
What? That will be done. That will be done. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I ended. It is where I ended today. Thy kingdom come. Okay? Um, that's the first petitions that we need to deal with. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Anybody want to... Warren, you're raising your hand over there. No, I, I like that last phrase that, you know, if you take those three first three petitions, what we're in effect praying is, you know, may your name be holy on earth as it is in heaven. May your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, that phrase comes after each one of those first three petitions. Um, you know, in effect, that's what we're, we're praying for. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay. What do you hear from that part? Fitting it in with thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hmm. I think this uh, one one way to think of it is thy will be done on earth someday perfectly as it is in heaven now. That's how I think of it. Okay. What is the will of God? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. My question is, what is the will of God? No, I don't think so. Ah. <laughs> yeah, now we get to predestination, right? We know God will not save all people. If you wanted to, we could. I knew I could just start on that one. I knew I could get that one. When I asked, what is the will of God when you pray, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven? What is the will of God? Jesus said that we love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and we love our neighbors as ourselves. That's the will of God. The great summation of the law. You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and all your spirit. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Your will be done on earth as it is. See, I think there's a little phrase that needs to go in there. I put parenthetically, already done in heaven. <coughs> okay, It's not that that's going to have to be done in heaven. It's already done in heaven. But your will. Now you begin to see how that will fits into thy kingdom come. I want you to think about that. <laughs> I want you to think about God's will. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then we're going to pick up on that and then give us this day our daily bread. 
Why do daily bread? I'm not sure I'm going to get on to and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us because there is a talk about a challenge. Is that a conditional clause? I'll give you some food to think about, okay? Because when we pray these petitions, we pray these parts of the prayer, but I want you to really think about them. Again, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is the will? Give us this day our daily bread. What is daily bread? Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Is that a conditional clause? And if it is, how much trouble are we in? <laughs> Forgive us our trespasses. As we, and I will talk about the concept why trespass was sort of used more in some words than the word debtor. Okay. Even though debtor is in the is in the Bible, we got translation things going all over the place there. That'll be enough to give you to think about for a week. The will of God. What's your daily bread? And that somewhat seemingly conditional clause, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Food for thought. That's what we'll pick up next week. Let's close with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for listening to the King of Glory Church Education Podcast. Our mission is to connect to God and His people, grow in faith and love, and live through service and sharing. Visit us on the web at kogva.org.